Hi, I'm Jeff Parker, and I'm on Funny Books with Aaron and Paul. And uh, so glad you could all listen to my show with these uh, Aaron and Paul. endorsement or what come on now <laughs> if someone's bothering to read a comics website they they may actually know what i do so who knows maybe they don't um or maybe well, they'll then listen to find out what it is what exactly. were we talking about last time uh well you know last time i made the mistake of saying oh you only write like agents of atlas and one other book and then you corrected me and said no i write about a billion books and um, according to the solicitations for May that were just, or April that were just released, you write about a billion and one books now. Yeah, I, I write Hulk this, Hulk that, Hulk, 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 and Hulk. It's a <laughs> it's a lot of Hulk books coming up. Please buy all these Hulk books I just wrote or am <laughs> in the process of writing. It's pretty fun stuff. I mean, we just did a we just did another Hulk meeting. Uh, well, we keep getting on the phone and then we keep emailing constantly and reading each other's stuff and. I think I did say like the last time, the way I view it is like uh, Jeff Loeb is the Hulk, uh, Greg Pack is Bruce Banner, and I'm Rick Jones. So I'm just palling around or whatever, getting in trouble, and they have to come rescue me, that sort of thing. Uh, but then eventually I get superpowers, and now I'm the Avon. Hey, <laughs> if you're reading, if you're reading Hulk, the uh, in 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 it, uh, Rick recently was uh, was altered by the leader in Modoc, the intelligentsia, to become A-bomb, uh, a character who's familiar, kind of like the abomination, except now he's blue, uh, and uh, he can also camouflage, blend in with scenery, like kind of like a cuttlefish. Just oh. like that. He's a cuttlefish. Yeah, like, does anybody know what a cuttlefish is? They're awesome if you've ever seen one actually doing its thing. Like, they can swim over a chessboard and strike a chessboard pattern. It's it's really something. Oh, wow. No, I've never seen that. Yeah. I mean, but the name sounds way too cute to keep saying, and he's like a cuttlefish. <laughs> um, Does he have the proportionate strength of a cuttlefish? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he can swim around. And a cuttlefish is essentially like a little octopus with short legs. Oh, okay. So they're pretty, they're pretty funny. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I think that's something for the solicitations. You know, I, I was just reading – in one of the Marvel books, it said something like, it's Sleepless in Seattle meets Full Metal Jacket. I think that was wow. on one of, uh, yeah, it was on Secret Warriors, because we were talking to Jonathan Hickman about it. It says, it's Sleepless in Seattle meets Full Metal Jacket. It's Secret Well, Warriors. Jonathan probably wrote that, so, uh, yeah. you know, he probably wrote that solicit, so. Uh, A-bomb, with the powers of a cuttlefish. He's like a really, really, really strong cuttlefish. I mean, in the book, they keep referring to him more like an armadillo because he's got that kind of skin armor like an armadillo. But uh, I'm going to keep trying to push cuttlefish. Oh, I like it. Animal. I will oh, like thank it. You. <laughs> and so we're totally not recording at all now, are we? We're not getting any of this. <laughs> well, you know, since we're not recording, why don't you just go ahead and tell us who the Red Hulk is, who Rolk is? Okay, Cracker Jack Jackson. There, that's an exclusive uh, for the funny book listeners. Um. Also, uh, yeah, you guys heard about this Conan O'Brien thing? Yeah, I don't. I was just totally switching the subject there. there you go. But uh, <laughs> anyway, and that's who the Red Hulk is, and blah blah blah. And then we're totally off of that talking about Jay Leno. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so uh, it, it does seem to be what comics people talk about, though, because I've noticed on Twitter and everything, you know. And and I've been part of it. I keep reading all the things and and doing my team Coco things. So yeah, because comics people are always up late at night. I suppose. What else am I writing? Uh, oh, okay. By the point this airs, then uh, uh, Avengers versus Atlas will have come out. Well, almost the second one will be out. Uh, so that's going on right now. It's uh, me and Gabriel Hardman and Elizabeth Brightweiser coloring and. Uh, 
that so that's that's something and uh that I'm really happy about. And it's gonna have cool guest star backups where uh Paul Cornell and Jason Aaron and Scott Kurtz are writing stories for it. So that's that's me taking a big uh grown up step and letting someone else actually write the characters uh for a change. Uh, you can be proud of me. That was a we tough are. move for me. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to call him back and say, oh, no, forget it, I'll, I'll write it. But, uh, <laughs> no, Jason Aaron came up with an especially cool uh, Gorilla Man story. I cannot wait to see it. And uh, you know, Scott Kurtz... You... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Scott Kurtz did a hilarious uh, uh, a hilarious and action-packed Jimmy Woo story that features Mr. Lyle the Dragon. And uh, Paul Cornell did a Venus story and we got to do the neat thing of uh, bringing in the original Agents of Atlas artist, Leonard Kirk, who, of course, you probably know, worked with him on Captain Britain and MI-13. So uh, Leonard's illustrating that. And so that kind of like that kind of fuses any number of things together. I was, I was pretty happy with that. When we're when we're recording this, um, <laughs> Avengers versus Agents of Atlas, uh, number one, or is it just Avengers versus Atlas? No, Avengers versus Agents of Atlas. Uh, Actually, one. it's just called Avengers versus Atlas. Oh, okay. And probably we're going to shorten things so when uh, when you see uh, Atlas in the future, it will just be called Atlas because I think we're just getting tired of saying Agents of. So I've got to make up a new logo and everything to to go with it. You heard it first, maybe, <laughs> maybe second or third, but you heard it here. <laughs> Podcast wise, um, you heard it first. <laughs> uh, but the first issue came out today. And, um, well, there didn't, and nothing shipped here in Portland, so I can't go check on it and see if it printed well or anything like that. But I'll just take people's word for it that it came out. Uh, well, uh, you know, the, the comic shop says that shipments came out today, but I, I didn't hit my, I didn't hit my comic shop today. I'm, I'm a little (laughs) disappointed. Yeah, I don't get to yeah. get to mine until tomorrow. Uh, I'm traveling today. In fact, uh, you're, I'm coming to you from the wonders of hotel internet. But, uh, oh, but where you know, are you? Uh, I'm in Corpus Christi today. Oh wow! Okay. But uh, uh, I did see my my comic shop tw- uh, on Twitter today, and they they got new comics today. What is your comic shop? Uh, Zeus Comics in uh, beautiful scenic Dallas, Texas. Oh, Zeus! Yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've corresponded with them. Yeah. Okay, cool. It's a great shop. Yeah, uh, Texas has some really good shops. Yes, we do. Yes, we I, do. I wonder if Corpus Christi has any. They must have something. I I know they have comic shops. I've not I've not been here with enough free time to actually go and and have a look around. But I know yeah, they I gotta get back to shops. Texas. I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah. Or you should come to Virginia <laughs> because you know Virginia, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Jason Aaron. He's gonna be uh, he's gonna be in town uh, in February actually at a, a comic book store signing uh, in Norfolk, Virginia. Oh, cool. Yeah, see, see, you know. Yeah, I am going to. Well, I'll be in North Carolina like twice in the same month this year. Oh, really? North Carolina. I won't be be too far away. I'll be. I'm going to be signing Free Comic Book Day at Acme Comics in Greensboro, and uh, and then like three, two or three weeks later, whenever the uh, Heroes Convention is in Charlotte, I'll be at that. I am actually thinking I'm going to Heroes Con this year. Um, So, have you never been? I have never been, and it's only about it is, five hours away. It, it, and it's only really the best uh, show on the East Coast. Uh, you really should go because it is. You're going to love it. It's I'll like it's, it for some out. reason it's one of the magically shows that you get to you get to spend time with everybody you want to see, and you don't have to put up with wrestlers or, <laughs> uh, or or a bunch of has been actors who wore costumes. You know, it's just comics, and it's just all, and it's a lot of really good guests. To work on practically everything. Uh, Shelton Drum just and uh, Dustin Harvin just put on the best show down there. Now that one is actually organized by uh, Heroes Aren't Hard to Find, right? The the comic shop. Yes. So it, it's kind of nice because it's not like a huge conglomerate that's trying to put together this show and get all the Hollywood sponsors and blah blah blah. Um, no, you know, not I noticed a, not that the all. guest list is entirely comic. Um, comic. It's folks all comics there. and it does well. It's it, it shows you that you don't have to have you know, a bunch of ex-Battlestar Galactica people and uh, whoever was in R2-D2 and, and everything to do a show, you know, it's like, and not, those things make me sad. I get, I get so sad when I just see like, oh, there's, 
the guy who played Hawk on Buck Rogers, he's signing <laughs> his face and it's like, oh God, this makes me feel horrible. Everybody's everybody's depressed. <laughs> and and, yeah, and, you and, know, and, and now there's wrestlers screaming next to my table. I wonder what I wonder what uh convention uh promoters I'm talking about. I'm just making it up out of the air. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I know which convention promoters you're talking about, but uh uh, you know what I I noticed that the uh, the guys from Who Wants to Be a Superhero, you know that Stan Lee show, oh, those yeah, guys yeah. are there now, and I'm like, oh come on, <laughs> you know, and no one's there at their table, but you know, yeah, because the the show's not on anymore, is yeah. it? No, not, not that I've seen, not that I ever watched it to begin with, not, but, not that I want it to be or anything, yeah. but it's like I don't think the show's on, so what are they doing? Well, you know, they, they have some following. <laughs> <laughs> they had, okay. When I went to Wizard World Texas last time, they must have had three different guys there, you know, out there in in uh, you know the alley. And I was like, really, three, three guys? But you know, I don't think that was something that you know, like Wizard paid to have them in. I think those guys were just buying their own booths. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> it just makes me sad. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, Ooh. and I—it's—it I, I, it reminds me of my Richard Hatch experience, which uh, did I ever tell you about that, Aaron? You—you uh, you, you mentioned it because you sent me the book. I uh, know right. that was a band. I went to see the Richard Hatch experience uh, years ago <laughs> in Atlanta. They were awesome. Uh, no, what, I, I can—I can kind of imagine because I've heard stories. But what was your Richard Hatch experience? Well, like. You know, it was this convention, and he was the the headliner of this convention. This is how sad our area is a little bit, that Richard Hatch is the headliner. (laughs) Um, So he's there, and he's signing, like, old Battlestar Galactica photos. And at the time, you know, he was on the new Battlestar Galactica, so that was kind of a good thing. Um, But he was mainly promoting his new role-playing game book. Um, But he had no one at his table. And... uh, He's never going to be on our show because he was, <laughs> he was kind of a, a dick, honestly. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I guess he didn't want me to go away because I was the only one there. So he just kept talking to me. And I was at his table for about a half an hour before someone else wow. finally came up. Yeah. You were trapped it, in a Richard Hatch hill you never made. That is awful. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was interesting. And, uh, I well, just, that, yeah, that's the weird thing because as soon as you leave the table, he's going to look miserable, and, and like no one wants to talk to him. So yeah, and then it put it's a weird position to be put in for everybody. Yeah. So I just wish they'd quit. I, I wish Wizard would quit having or, or whoever we were talking about would quit having uh, <laughs> these kind of guests and things like that. It's oh, just, I I, I agree. It, it also seems strange to me, you know, because they'll invite you know quote unquote celebrities. And then they'll charge for autographs, you know, and it'll be like they'll list like, you know, hey, come and meet, you know, whoever this person is. And then you 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 go over there and they're charging for autographs. And I'm just like, well, is didn't you invite me to come to this thing? And and and, you know, I paid to get in and now you're going to charge me to have this person sign something for me. It just uh, strikes me as bizarre. You say that sitting under that picture of you and Lou Ferrigno, the, <laughs> now, you know, that, you, that's, you carry around even put in hotels. And I, um, I absolutely love Lou Ferrigno, but I always just feel so awful for him, you know, when I see him at those shows, because he's just over there sitting in his corner in his muscle shirt, you know, waiting yeah. for somebody to come over and talk about when he was green. It's just it's just weird. I'm, I'm right there with you. It makes me sad. Yeah. Hey, these shows aren't supposed to make us sad. We're supposed to be <laughs> feeling good about comics. That's right. <laughs> Instead so, of like feeling like we're walking around inside a Jimmy Corrigan story by Chris Ware. <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, but you know, you know, we can feel good about Agents of Atlas. Yeah, thanks know? for thanks for transitioning us out of the sad. Sad part of the show. Yeah. You know, you well, good about the Agents of Atlas. There's a lot of good stuff coming up. Well, and, yeah. and, and you know, uh, we had talked about this when we had John before, and um, I had not read Agents of Atlas until Paul sent me, you know, the first five books of the uh, recent miniseries. And then, you know, after we talked, you know, you you had talked about how good the hardcover was, so I went out and found the hardcover on eBay and and uh bought that and i mean i I just absolutely love agents of atlas i am i am hooked into this series 
and yeah, love that it's. I really am. I'm totally a slut for a. Uh, for uh, Agents of Atlas, and I'm stoked that there's so much Agents of Atlas stuff coming out from Marvel right now. Well, that's when, you know, you, when you get canceled, that's when the real big time hits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I, I, everybody takes that as, well, I don't understand. How come they're canceled? Now I see them way more. And it's just it, it's just they decided it was, you know, that there was a, a growing audience and that they would grow them faster if they would just start doing special appearances for a little bit and it seems to be working the uh the series keeps selling the the x-men uh storyline really helped uh thanks x-men we really appreciate you guys <laughs> coming in and hitting us for a little bit so that we could uh we could get some attention and that's the marvel way um you just stick your face out and get hit <laughs> thanks iron man for punching me and now you're better yeah, well, uh, yeah, and you've got Iron Man on your cover, and, you know, of course, Iron Man's going to be big here in a couple months. Mm-hmm. I mean, the cover of Avengers vs. Atlas number one, which, might yeah. I say, is a pretty sweet cover. I'm a big uh, Umberto Ramos fan, mm-hmm. and I, I, I like the cover on those books. <laughs> he made them all so angry. They're like, they are going to kill you, the reader. You are, <laughs> you better get out of their way, uh, because they're going to eat you. It's uh, It's kind of funny. Yeah, I've got I've got somebody who was nice enough to bring me one of the promotional posters of it, and it's like because I never know when they're doing that. It's like, why don't you guys ever see these posters when you're doing them? Like, I still never got one of the Art Adams ones from the last series. Oh, that's I say a shame. that like that was a nice uh, okay, picture. okay, podcast listeners, send me a send me a freaking poster, but no one will. <laughs> <laughs> send, send it to me. All the time. Care of? <laughs> yeah, send it to the guys so they can put it up so they can bring know and. He signed and wrote all over, so you can't see the, the picture. Now, you um, know, I, I really like that cover because I, I just dig uh, Iron Man with the fins. I like yeah. that Iron Man. I don't yeah, know what it is. I like the little points. Yeah, I do too. That's my, I think that's my favorite armor. You know, yeah, I, it's I, I really cool. think that. I think they could. I, li- I like the redesigned armor. I think it looks good. He, he, uh, he's the one character, Steve Lieber always says this whenever we get on the subject in the studio of how he's the one character it makes sense to keep changing his costume. It's like it was oh, yeah. kind of weird. It was kind of weird when he kind of sort of kept the same costume for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, it, it's tech. It should, he should be updating it, not like, yeah, this is like some old Buick that never lets me down. I'm going <laughs> to keep up with this armor for a while. It, no, it should every five, every three to five years, it should look different. I think I like the way Fraction is uh, getting them to like, Changed the design of the book and everything. It looks pretty cool. Yeah, the the Invincible Iron Man book. The covers on those are just really, really snazzy. Yeah, nice yeah. Like comics comics don't have to look like some big pizza cacophony mess. They can look uh, extremely well designed. Like my big thing is I like corner logos, so I keep designing corner logos like the Agents of Atlas logo and stuff mm-hmm. like that because I just I like things out of the way. It lets you use more tall space. Well, it sounds like we have a new uh, slogan for our website. It's a big pizza cacophony mess. <laughs> Comics don't have to look like that. Yeah, it could look good. You know, like I like like Dave Johnson covers and uh, everything. And I just saw I just saw a upcoming Thunderbolts cover that looks really sweet. I hope it gets. Oh well, the concept. Uh, and I hope it gets approved because it's like this very striking, uh, very simple and bold, uh, sort of design. Um, it's just my, my preference anyway. Well, let me tell you, if you put an Adi Granov cover on a book, even if I don't buy, even if I don't buy that series, I'll probably buy it because I love that guy's art. And I know he's doing uh, some, yeah, I like Adi too. Coming up. Yeah. He, he, he really knocked him out of the park. He's a, well, I know. What did I expect? Because like he was gonna, well, Adi phoned that one in. No, he pretty <laughs> much, uh, he, he pretty much slams them all out of the park every time. And, and but they cut it in half now because the siege is, you know, half of the cover now. Yeah. Well, you got to so, know who's sieging. They got to get to the siege and siege it up. So yeah, it's uh, it's kind of neat. It caught so me off guard. Jump, <laughs> before we jump into siege, we'll talk a little bit about Atlas. Um, because Avengers vs. Agent of Atlas came out this week, uh, first issue of a four-issue series. Um, mm-hmm. In addition, Atlas is still currently running in Incredible Hercules for, I think, another two or three issues? 
Uh, actually, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I was, like, no, I, I was going to correct you, and then I realized, no, you're right. There's there's even more, uh, even even more after this uh, Godmark storyline wraps up. So yeah, because so we've got to fi- of- we've got to find out that Venus in the big showdown with uh, with Aphrodite. And have you? Because you've got you know Avengers versus Agents of Atlas, which is a it's a forty page book, but it's got the backup, I guess. Um, yeah. And you've got you know the the short span that you've got in uh or you or essentially you have the the co feature in Incredible Hercules. I mean, how how do you kind of like balance that story in such a short amount of room? You know, essentially, you know, if you combine uh, the backup features, you're probably looking at maybe three issues total. You know, uh, on the backup. Mm, yeah, maybe. Not, maybe not even that. It's uh, it I, it really forces me to put on my uh, like I've never had the leisure of doing decompressed storytelling. It's just good. Like the first thing Marvel ever put me on was their Adventures line, and all of those books had to be done in one. Mm-hmm. So there was no such thing as well. I've got my three issue story. Uh, it always had to be by page twenty two. They had to be going home. So it's their they're back to Avengers Tower. And um you know, that really made me Paul Tobin has said this too, it really helped me get get down the hang of uh, just ending a story and uh and moving things along. Like you don't have time to just like, oh, let's open up on something quiet and kinda of ease into the story. We typically open up in a fight and, and just keep going that way at full tilt for the rest of the story. And then a lot of people say, wow, I felt like there was a lot of stuff in there. And, uh, you know, you can do that. You've just got to choose how you skip through time and, uh, keep things moving. So then it's, it's really just a question of, okay, we've only got six pages of issue. You know, let's, let's do like, as they say in Princess Bride, let's just cut to the good parts. And, and that's kind of what we do. Let's hurry up and get to a Minotaur or a Cyclops or something that people want to see. Yeah, we've got and, no time uh, for everybody to go eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's no all basketball issue. Not yet, <laughs> yeah. but it, it's only a matter of time for the Harlem Globetrotters to come running in to help save the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's going on in Avengers versus Agents of Atlas? Where does that take place, as far as the Agents of Atlas are concerned? It is uh, when when you meet Atlas at the beginning, they're they're doing one of their typical things, which is they've still got tons of uh, Atlas organizations that are that are just diabolically criminal all over the world that they have to shut down. And you see them fighting the Crystalloids, uh, these uh, these characters in the Crystal Cave of Mexico, who have uh, put their uh, their brains and uh, neural systems inside a crystalloid, a crystalline body, and uh, they're pretty freaky looking. Gabe Hardman really nailed that. Um, so they, anyway, they're fighting these kind of jewel creatures. Uh, when, uh, Bob Grayson, the Uranian, who also has his own series right now. I'm digging uh, that too. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. It, he's, uh, he detects some, some weird time anomaly starting to happen. And, uh, and they go check it out. And it, and that's what brings them, whatever this thing is, uh, it has something to do with the Avengers and it seems to be seeking the Avengers out. But it seems to be not pleased at finding, you know, the the current lineup of Avengers like that wasn't what it was looking for. And uh, anyway, Atlas is going to race to New York to try to figure out what's going on with this thing. Uh, meanwhile, in New York, um, some little kid found the android creature called the Growing Man. If he, I don't know if you ever read that character before, uh, and thought it was he was a little doll, but he what he is, he's a creature that absorbs kinetic energy and just keeps getting bigger the more he gets. And the kid picked him up off the street and started slamming him against a little Iron Man toy. Uh, which, by the way, I was going to make a Buzz Lightyear because I thought, hey, we're owned by Disney now. I can put a, <laughs> I can put a Disney thing in there. And they said, no, everyone is trying to do that. Don't do that, please. And it's like, okay, fine, I'm going to get Iron Man. It's like, but it's like, I immediately wanted to just throw Disney all in all over the place. <laughs> uh, and, uh, so anyway, the growing man starts growing big. Uh, Spider-Man uh, goes out and messes up by hitting him some. He just keeps getting bigger, and then the rest of the new Avengers show up. Uh, and 
by the time the agents of Atlas arrive in New York, the growing man's enormous. He's standing out in the water uh, just off the shore and uh, pummeling the new Avengers. And the agents of Atlas, the last time they ran into him, they had to pretend they were evil because they were trying to uh, to infiltrate Norman Osborn's you know uh, operations. So they think, well, good. Let's uh, you know, let's clear the air with the Avengers. Let's let's help them fight this thing. <laughs> and then they do the exact wrong thing and start slamming the thing with a force beam from the flying saucer, so it just gets even bigger. So yeah, they just they show up and make make the situation worse. And uh, that, yeah, that's the perfect way to 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 be reintroduced, I think. But anyway, uh, they are they then, as you'll see at the end of the issue are going to run into the original lineup of the Avengers, and then it just keeps getting weirder from that point. And I won't ruin anything, because as of the time of this show, you'll still be waiting for issue two, I think. Yeah, well, probably, <clears throat> you know, it'll probably be right around the corner. Yeah. And I'm really looking forward to that. And you, you mentioned uh, the Uranian, which, uh, you know, I've already read issue number one of, of that one. And, you know, Paul and I talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. Neither one of us are particularly fond of the reprints in, in the books, but the reprint in the Uranian really worked well with the story, and neither one of us had an issue with that, uh, whereas you know, typically we, we bagged kind of hard on Marvel about the reprints. But, uh-huh. but, the, but the reprint in that book worked so well with the story. Yeah, and in that case, yeah, I, I did want to head that off and, 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 and try to make it so that it's like, well, you're going to kind of see – you're going to, you're going to read this way. You're going to read the reprints thinking of it as what timely those guys in, in, in the timely offices are making and, uh, except that they wouldn't actually be telling people he's Bob Grayson because he's trying to keep some kind of identity and have an apartment and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, th- and then it makes sense. Uh, some of the weird stuff he does in the old stories, like I'll take these uranium pills. Why did you want to die? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not good. That's not going to help anything. They were always big on loading him up with Uranus this and Uranus that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's like, well, this uranium's pulling me to that planet. Why? That planet's not made of uranium. It's just called, it's named that after a mythological creature. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, what I really like is Felix Ruiz, uh, he's bringing this kind of very, like, 80s Bill Sienkiewicz sort of influence kind of mixed with, uh, Jorge Zavino, and it's really a neat look. It, mm-hmm. it sort it 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 challenges the way you would kind of think of the character because that could easily just be a nostalgia fest where it's like, oh, we're going to wallow in the fifties, blah blah blah, or whatever. But something about his style really lends to making it more of a sci-fi kind of interesting, removed sort of story. I'm not describing that well, but I think you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that was one thing we talked about. You know, the the art was a very interesting choice. Um, and we thought because it, you know the the story does take place in the fifties, and um, so it, the art style is very, you know, Bill Sienkiewicz or uh, whatever Bill. Billy. Yeah, not not really what you think of for the fifties, but yet it works. And he mm-hmm. gets the but he he gets the characters and the clothes and everything right. You know it. it even through that, this kind of Sienkiewiczian filter, it feels like the fifties. And, uh, I don't know. I was really happy with his art. Uh, that guy's like a machine. Now, uh, Marvel boy, the, the Iranian, um, is two issues. It's three. It's a three issue miniseries. Uh-huh. And, uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago. And so what was, um, like, what is your goal with that series? You know, you've got a couple of Atlas things going on right now. And you, you kind of have this miniseries that spotlights him specifically. Yeah, I wanted to just kind of, you know, he's the most removed and alien character among the group. And I think it's important to remind everybody what he's removed from. That like when he when he was young, he was very, what you'd consider normal. And he was very eager to get back to Earth. You know, he was like, he had never been on Earth before. He knew he was from there as a baby. And, uh, you know, even though it's like probably to other people, his his world on the colony out on the seventh planet sounds pretty exciting. But really, they're just in a finite bubble and uh, the rest of the planet he couldn't walk around on without a spacesuit. Uh, so to him, it's like it's to get to a whole planet, 
just full of nature and people and and life and everything you know it's like it it, it it's a it's a great coming of age kind of story where, you know he's he's like 18 at the time when he hits earth and you know and ready to be out on his own it's it's one of those kind of just big metaphors for what what it's really like when you leave the nest you know um and also i think they they wanted to remind everybody in the seventh anniversary of marvel like of some of the uh the older characters like marvel boy and it was fun having him go to the timely offices and kind of be kind of wild looking at the submariner and namora who had their own comics you know up on there and gosh and, and if you ever read the uh we did a online story uh with this whole kind of kind of scavenger hunt sort of thing uh, a few years ago when the first atlas series came out and it's still online somewhere if you dig through the marvel site long enough you'll find it and you can read through this whole story and uh and, and a lot of the stuff about marvel boy there we we established in that story and and i haven't actually got a chance to how he uses his rocket and where he keeps it and things like that and and how he worked with jimmy woo and the team back then but this is all before before he meets Jimmy Woo, so you're getting to see what his life was like more. And I, I and of course the backups have Bill Everett art, so they're just beautiful to look at uh, all the original stories. Mm-hmm. So are the backups going to continue throughout the series? Oh yeah, they're in all of them. Okay. And, and that's I, I feel like in this case it's a good one too because it's hard to find those. Uh, you can maybe fi- you can find them if you find old copies of Marvel Tales, I think, where they would throw. Marvel Boy and like a Human Torch story and uh, something now I can't remember who who else they would they would just sling all these things together, but uh, you're here and I'm glad that worked for you because I do think the the uh, reprints actually work with this one the way they don't usually so much. Yeah, I we I mean that was one of the one of the you know, there are three of us that were talking about it on the show that day and you know one of our guys Wayne you know he, he's like well I didn't pick it up because I've, I've I've drawn a line in the sand I'm not buying anything with reprints in it anymore and I was like you know I I I have I have felt burned by some of the reprints in the past but this really did work I didn't have one one problem with it and like you said I thought it worked well with the story I mean I felt like there was value to it that there was a reason that it was in the book and it worked with the story. Yeah, it, it it does give you a sense of the character's history or at least yeah. his perception. Now, you know, uh, uh, when we first started talking about Agents of Atlas on our show, uh, one of our other uh, hosts, uh, Jonathan, had said that he really didn't feel like Agents of Atlas fit well or fit in the Marvel Universe. Uh, oh, yeah. And then we went on and kind of tore him a new one for a while and, and everything. <laughs> yeah, let's do that again. Stupid <laughs> Jonathan. Yeah, I'm sorry, Jonathan. You're entitled to your opinion i guess oh no feel feel free to torque on him a little bit more <laughs> yeah but has he, has he not come around yet has he not seen the light i don't think so i don't think I don't so don't that. we had our we had our funny book awards and his favorite writer of the year was fraction not parker well that's that's okay i'm fine with him liking fraction but <laughs> what do you just hey hey jonathan do you did you read casanova are you only going to read Fraction when he writes Iron Man? That's what I want to know. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, no, that wasn't around when I was a kid. Screw that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I get enough of that. It's it's painful. And you see, like, do you want us just servicing trademarks all the time, or do you want us to do something we're genuinely interested in so that you might be interested in it and kind of catch the enthusiasm? Yeah. You know, I so I, I can't, I shouldn't say anything because I used to be the same way. Uh-huh. I'd be like, well, I kind of like to read David Mazzucchelli's Rubber Blanket, but I wish you'd do more of this Batman Year One. And then when I finally read the stuff he wanted to do, I was really into it. You know, it's, it's trying to think of some other good examples. Well, My God, what if, what if, you know, what if Mignola had to just keep doing, uh, I don't know, um, what was, was doing Batman and, he was doing yeah, he was doing like Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight and stuff yeah. like that, yeah. and it was okay. But then when he went off and created Hellboy, then you got Hellboy, you know. And, and, I, and that's exactly the same thing because Agents of Atlas it and it's it's more driven by me, but it's not a it's not a creator own thing. Mm-hmm. That would be Underground, by the way, from Image, um, you know. But you gotta you gotta expand it, or the the industry is just gonna die if we only keep these same seven eight characters all the time going you know if we don't at least expand the the universe therein and try to push for different genres 
maybe make one book that's more horror and one that's more mystery. Uh, you know, we're just going to be whittled off into our own little collector's corner and we're, we'll occasionally be peeked at and then ignored until a movie comes out. <laughs> and, and and in closing, it's all Jonathan's fault. I Man. agree. I have all by himself. Not it, yeah. No one else. We will uh, know if Jonathan listens to any episode that he's not on. Yeah, I'm pretty Jonathan. sure he doesn't. Would, would you? You you wouldn't listen to one if you weren't on it. So what are you? What's he doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but at least at least he's supporting Matt, who who uh, recently moved to Portland. So yeah, he's yeah, Portland. Well, one of my Portland people. What is up with all of you comic people moving to Portland? There is a buried meteorite in the ground here, and we can't kind of – we're just pulled to it, and there's not a whole lot we can do about it. Um, is, it is it uranium? I don't know. It is. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I was just talking to Chris Somney on the phone about something else we're going to do. And uh, and he's planning on moving here in the spring with his wife. And I was like, good. And, you know, we'll eventually get it to where – all you have to do for a comic show is come to Portland. We'll all be here. Uh, it really, at some point, though, it will be a critical mass, and then it won't make sense for any of us to go anywhere else because it's like, why? You know, we, we're all in this place. Just everybody, can, it, it'll be Angoulême in Oregon all the time, and uh, and I'm fine with that because that's, you know, I have a house and stuff. But uh, I don't know. You know, it's, it, there was a book. I, I may have mentioned this on the 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 sad lost episode of the show we call it fail cast but yeah go fail ahead. cast <laughs> thanks now i've got a title to put to it um there was a book out a few years ago that uh that just talked about how now in the modern age where more people can choose to live wherever they want because so much of work can be done through a computer mm-hmm. that that the country was starting to starting to shift around and move and, and, you know, more like-minded people are moving to like-minded areas. So, you know, everything's becoming more of what it was. And since Portland sort of had a head start on everybody, probably because of Dark Horse being here um, and then Top Shelf and Oni you know, with cartoonists living here and then people would come visit and go, oh, it's nice. And then, bam, they couldn't figure out how to get back home or whatever. So they ended up staying and then it's just created this thing. So every year, a few more keep moving in, and uh, it is it is a strange phenomenon. But it, it's got to be also going on in other fields too, just like you know, computer programmers move to Silicon Valley mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I need to look it up. I need to go actually read that book I'm referencing without <laughs> using the title, and, and and see see because I know it does give other examples of places that are doing the same thing. Like more conservatives are moving to Louisiana, more gamers are moving to Seattle, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be weird. Like... It's going to be like it's going to be like these territorial provinces, and you know we'll have a little, like a feudal system, <laughs> and, and probably like Seattle or Washington State will be all about gaming, and they'll have their whole little their forces and everything, and you know we'll we'll be sending Bendis and everybody out into the fields as generals to fight them. Stuff like that. That'll be kind of cool, I think. <laughs> okay, I, I I went off into my own little tangent, didn't I? I'm sorry. No, but but it sounds like the first funny book convention needs to be scheduled in Portland, even though neither one of us live there. Well, you yeah. know, and I I think clearly though, you know, uh, I I think that I have inferred from what Jeff's saying that we should feel free to stay at his house. So. Oh, you bet. If you can stand my kids uh, keeping you awake all the time, <laughs> you, uh, you come on. <laughs> He'll keep us on the back porch. <laughs> yeah, ben, in fact, yeah, Bendis is actually, he's switching neighborhoods, moving into a new house that's really close to mine. So now I'm just going to go around and you know, ring my little bike bell outside his door all the time and annoy him like some uh, Dennis the Menace type kid. <laughs> uh, that, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm supposed to go talk to his... Uh, his class at uh, PSU next week. Oh, yeah. Will you be lecturing? Uh, I guess I pictured, or maybe it's going to be one of those things where I come in and he just makes fun of me endlessly in the class. I'll point and laugh, and then I leave. Uh, Or I'll answer questions, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Is there a tweed jacket in your future? You know, the little things on the shoulder? No, I've always wanted wanted one of those tweed jackets with the the, uh, elbow pads, uh, the little elbow patches. It's like... 
when I was in college, a couple of the professors had them, and I thought, that's so uncool. It's cool. I want that. Damn it. <laughs> get that and get like art, the whole Art Bell look where you wear like a turtleneck underneath uh-huh. and everything and just look very scholarly, like you don't care about, you know, physical items. You know, it's all about thinking. Yeah, but, you know, a week is not a long enough time to grow out a mustache. No, nah, it's not. I cannot, yeah, I can, I can, especially me. I have such a hard time growing facial hair. I can never get a mustache going. <laughs> See, this is the kind of information that our listeners want to hear. They really do. Jeff Parker they don't think and his they, facial They don't hair. think they do, but they do. That's right. Just so everyone knows, we talked about nothing but comics the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of talking about Avatar and mustaches, we actually talked about comic books. <laughs> but uh, that's not where we're, you know, our heads are at this week. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, is everybody liking 2010 or 2010, rather? So far, so good. Guys? So far, yeah. so good. Yeah. It, it's, been a, it's been an expensive year, comic-wise. So. Yeah, it is an expensive comics year. Well, because, you know, I'll be honest, I was a DC guy. And uh, Stupid Jonathan uh, came on on our show, and uh, he just talked about Marvel all the time. And he's like, you have to read. <laughs> wait, wait, let you. me accept my books. He talked about Marvel. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yes. He, yeah. he didn't mention Uranium, Thunderbolts, Atlas, Fall of the Hulks, any of my stuff. Okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> and so I just started picking up Marvel books. And, uh, you know, I, I think that the Agents of Atlas. Um, at a it's weird, show. though. Why, now, why, why do you think you're just like, I'm a DC guy? Like, well, do you, you only know, read Houghton Mifflin books and don't read Del Rey? You know, it, it's like, why, why would you care about the publisher? And I don't, and I don't know why, you know, it, it just kind of worked out that way. That, I, you know, I loved, it was more about characters. I loved Batman. I loved Green Lantern, things like that. Um, and I just wasn't following some of the Marvel characters. And, you know, I, I just kind of, I just kind of got out of it for a little while. And uh, now, you know, now it's, you know, now that stupid Jonathan uh, made me pick up all those Marvel books so that I could find something to talk to him about. Um, yeah. You know, now I'm reading you know, like Hulk, you know, which I haven't read regularly since uh, World War Hulk. And, uh-huh. you know, of course, Agents of Atlas, and I started picking up Dark Avengers and anything with Dark in the title. So, you know, Dark a- Dark Atlas. Any Fred Van Linty's comics? Fred Van, you know, um, I don't think I do. Ah, he's really good. I bet you like Hercules is really good. I bet uh, you know, if you haven't I, read I will it. say I do read Hercules. Um, yeah. But I picked it up oh, primarily because of the backup, uh, but I am liking the, the main feature as well. Uh, yeah, the, the book regularly is very fun anyway. It's uh, He and Greg Pak do a, an incredible job with that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good Marvel comics now, too. And no, I, I, I'm i writing you, and again, I have to admit that I used to be about the same way. As a kid, I, I mostly read comics from my dad's store. And whoever the uh, spinner rack at that store, you know, mostly bought from DC. So there wouldn't be that much Marvel. I had to bumble into a 7-Eleven somewhere to get Marvel comics as a kid. So in the meantime, I mainly knew about, you know, Green Lantern, Hawkman, Superman, every, you know, Batman, and stuff like that. Um, which is weird to me now, because now I can't follow the continuity, because I haven't been reading it enough. So I get a, what the hell, why are there six billion Green Lantern? Why is everyone a Green Lantern or, 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 or a Blue Lantern? Um, yeah, it just totally is like, I can't follow it. Why is how come their villains are raping everybody? What's happening? I can't keep up with this. It's like, who's that Dr. Rape character? What's going on? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and I love DC, but I'm, I'm having a hard time following it. And I, I really think they ought to, and I, well, I think this will happen soon enough because, you know, Time Warner just realized that they own DC after 20 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I have a feeling that one of the things they're going to say is, please try to make these books more accessible. Um, at Marvel, they've been jamming it down our throats. It's like every book, somebody's first book. And it's like, you know, sometimes we have to go, come on now. Everybody knows who Spider-Man is. Yeah. But, uh, I understand what they're doing. They don't want people to look at it and feel like, oh, there's a ton of stuff going on. I'll never catch up. They want you to be able to jump in on it. So we're trying to make the effort to, to ease people into a book. And I don't feel DC is doing that on a lot of their books. Some of their writers, uh, and our teams are really good and are doing that anyway. 
even though no one's asking them to. Um, so they're not all that indecipherable, but some they're a little they're a little off putting, which is shocking to me because I used to know that that universe like the back of my hand. Well, that's what I love about the 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 summary page, you know, the that Marvel has, you know, it kind of tells yes, you what's going on. Everyone needs a summary page. Yeah, every, and I love that. Needs I mean, a recap. Yeah, you know, I jumped into uh, Invincible Iron Man on issue twenty two uh, last week which was part three of a five-part story. And when we were talking about it on the show, you know, they were going, I can't believe you jumped in in the middle of that. And I'm like, I wouldn't lost at all. I knew exactly what was going on because of that summary page on the front. And I just yeah, think and Fractions also got me, I can actually follow the freaking X-Men again. I could not do that for 15 years or more. Yeah. You know, it's like, I didn't know what the hell was that. Who the hell are all these people? <laughs> now I can, now I can pick it up and it's like, oh, uh, people bother to mention what's going on with everything. You know, I can, I can follow the book again. So now I'm fi- finally, for the first time in years, reading X Men again. Yeah, and you know, it's the summary page is just it's so helpful because if you read more than five comics a week, I don't care who you are. In a month's time, you're not going to remember exactly what happened in the last issue. That's right. Yeah, you'll run them all together into some kind of weird super story. Yeah, I don't know. There was a scroll, and then Ms. Marvel and Batman did something. I don't know. Yeah, and like, everyone like was a Black drunk. Lantern. But, yeah, everybody uh, was a Black Lantern. They all came back to life. That Dr. Rape guy flew in. Oh, wait, Dr. Light. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I was I was looking at uh, Caleb Mazzocco's thing on the Newsarama blog. <laughs> he, he just kept dropping in the recent appearances of that character, and I thought, yeah, this is a little out of control that they have to keep <laughs> having him come up with this. I'm going to rape you shtick every time. It's like, yeah, that, as I remember, that didn't used to be his defining characteristic. It used to be that he projected light. <laughs> right. Now he projects something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fear. But, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty big I, I i will argue people to death when they talk about well it's like there's no reason the comics can't deal with real world things and it's like kind of there is because when i'm reading something about a man who can uh get up and fly around the world and shoot beams out of his eyes that means i'm kind of wanting to do some escapism and i'm not wanting to have my face pushed into like an episode of SBU or something like that i you know i think you can get some real stuff in there and you can have murder and things like that but you know just choose where this in theory these are supposedly all ages comics too right you know with the comics code authority whatever that means anymore on them it's like yeah i think they could be a little more uh careful about how they're i don't know what they're mentioning what they're putting in there you don't have to rub people's face in the uglier sides of humanity while they're trying to read a Flash story. All right, and that goes for Marvel too. I'm not just leaning into DC. Sure. Marvel certainly could be like that, but I don't. I don't think Marvel's being as bad about it right now. No, there there is definitely. Could be wrong. There may be a book I'm overlooking. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> next week uh, Fraction has a book called Doctor Rape coming out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's gonna except for that Doctor Rape mini. Yeah, that's good, the only one. Supreme, Doctor Rape. I actually think it's Professor Rape. He's only got his masters. So thank you. Yeah, he's, oh, he's from the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God, I feel bad. It's, you know what? I I feel like I've just stepped into Rick Remender's interview instead of my own. <laughs> like this is this is really the interview you were going to get from Rick. Well, you know what's funny? In our Rick Remender interview, which um, I think is coming up this week. Uh, <laughs> We we actually we you know we we you know it's it'll you know yeah. go live this week. We we talked to him, and let me tell you, sodomy came up at least three times. <laughs> at least, really, that's all. That's all that came up. Well, you know, he started talking about this character who <laughs> turned people into gingerbread because he had this bread fascination, and he liked to sodomize the gingerbread people. And um, it was just all downhill from there. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> that that's the high that uh, that's taking the high road for Rick. So yeah, I can imagine. It's uh yeah, he doesn't disappoint. Uh if you if you listen to his uh his touching Christmas story of the fart in the elevator on uh War Rocket Ajax, you know, that 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 that's the, that's Rick's version of a touching Christmas story. So, you know, that's the kind of thing you're gonna get from him. It's like he's pure <laughs> 
He's entertaining all the time, whether he's getting paid or not. That's the great thing. <laughs> and and, he's and he lives in Portland. And he lives in Portland <laughs> because we all live in Portland. <laughs> we're, we're 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 such cliches. It's it really is. You know, I I, I am hoping that nothing ever happens to Portland. Because ah, don't uh, worry, we're only surrounded by volcanoes. What could go wrong? Yeah, so uh, comics. We talked about comics somewhere in there. Oh, yeah, comic books. Uh, yeah. Atlas. Yeah, I Atlas. like comics. They're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. But uh, Thunderbolts came out this week, too. And this yes. week being three weeks ago by the time people are listening to this. Um, <laughs> so Thunderbolts yeah, So you'll, you'll have seen what happened and who died in, uh, in that issue. So Yeah, I mean, cool. I hate to talk about it because I haven't read it yet. Um, but who died? Uh, spoilers. Um, well, yeah, definitely everybody all mentioned it, but Headsman. Oh, Headsman okay. got shot in the head. So uh, yeah, that's, that's the thing. I won't, I won't tell people by who or how it goes down, but uh, uh, it's uh, it, it, it's kind of a striking death. It's uh, you should you should probably check it out if if you like. After I just got through and say, "Hey DC, stop shoving all this rape in my face." Now, okay, here's my character gets shot in the head. Now, this is what. This is what's okay with kids, um, but it's the difference there, and I, I do think there's a difference, is no one expect no one's wearing Thunderbolts pajamas. You know, it's not <laughs> – my son doesn't have a Thunderbolts lunchbox with Baron Zemo or, or whoever, or Scourge or something like that on it. You know, it's like those characters were built for a, an older audience. It wasn't like uh, you're not going to see them on the JLA or uh, Avengers animated things anytime soon. <laughs> And and especially, this is all still continuing the era set up by Warren Ellis and Andy Diggle. So it's it's just a harsher bunch of Thunderbolts, really. They're so, they're all psychotic for one thing. Yeah, I mean it, it's a it's a you know considering you have kind of both ends of the spectrum really coming out because you know Atlas is very you know it, it's serious but it's it's humorous it's lighthearted it's nostalgic you know there's a lot of fun to it. And where Thunderbolts is fun, it's more of a, a dark humor. It's very much a dark humor. It's like, very much. ha, 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 look how horrible that guy died. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, com- it's completely not, yeah, this depicted the way, the way an Atlas uh, a story would handle something. Or, uh, or even, even the Hulk. You know, it's, it's, it's not the way we do things in, in the Hulk books. So how long are you on uh, Thunderbolts? Uh, at least through Siege. Uh, I've seen that through Solicits. It is, yeah, and if you saw the solicits today, it's, uh, as the siege ends, we are going to be launching into a new status quo for the Thunderbolts. Pretty much everything changes about it. Only one character from this team will be returning. Um, and I think a lot of old school Thunderbolts fans are going to be kind of happy if some of the, th- we're, we've, I think we've found a way to synthesize what people like about the modern era and bring back some things from the older era that people like. So uh, it, it's going to be a really exciting time uh, come summer uh, to be reading Thunderbolts. Yeah, we got new artists and all kinds of stuff. It's going to be it's going to be a big thing. The only thing not changing is me, ex- except for the kind of stories I'll be telling. So you're definitely on it after Siege. You know, that was- oh yeah, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. Great. Yeah, and, uh, it's like a, I, I, I feel like I should, I, I you know, I, I don't think a lot of people are crazy about people jumping in and jumping out of a book real fast or whatever. And, and plus I've got a lot of neat stories I want to tell first. So far as I know, unless Roseman fires me tomorrow, I'm, I'm still on that book. You know, we, 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 that's not the first time we've heard that. Is there a threat of everyone getting fired? Because every time we ask someone, hey, you know, so you're on it for the long run, you got a lot of stories planned? Yeah, but I might get fired tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's, uh, I, I, I think that's the, just the comics thing of one, not wanting to jinx anything. Mm-hmm. And, and also, you know, everybody knows it's like you only stay on something so long before they try to shake it up and, uh, have, because they want to have some news and, and the, and, and in the modern era of comics, that tends to be the way it goes. You know, it's like people want to see how another team will uh, handle something, you know, so that, you know, you get like a couple of years or whatever, and then someone else comes on. 
So I think a lot of creators are nervous about saying, oh, yeah, man, I am totally doing uh, whatever Hulk, uh, Hulk fest. And, uh, and, and then it changes tomorrow and they look stupid. So, See, I, yeah, I, so I, so I'm the same way as far as I know. I have it in my head that every, every meeting that ends with your editor is good work today, Jeff might fire you tomorrow. Yeah. Good work today. <laughs> today. Yeah. And, uh, tomorrow's another day. Click. All right. What do you mean by that? <laughs> uh, yeah, so luckily I'm I'm trying to plan way ahead, build a lot of things in so that's like and of course this story has to go down exactly like this and it can't happen without me a good day. So Yeah, otherwise, yeah. you know, then then you'll have you'll have to bring in someone else to wrap up all these plot threads that don't make any sense. Exactly. But, oh, well, I had a plan to wrap that up in the next fifty issues. Yeah, it's to my benefit to try to create as many loose dangling plot, plot threads everywhere that only I can possibly understand what I was talking, trying to do at the time. Thanks. You helped me just map out the, uh, the next year of Thunderbolts. <laughs> so Thunderbolts, Atlas, and now you're writing, as I previously mentioned, something like a billion um, Hulk books coming up. Yes. Um, so the, I think the, the Hulk brain trust, as it were, or um, the intelligentsia, trust. Yeah, the, the the real life intelligentsia. It, it's got you, Greg Pak, uh, Jeff Loeb, and um, is there anybody else that I'm missing? Mm, it's pretty much those three now. It's uh, again, we like I say, they're the big ones. I'm the sidekick who runs around, and gets in trouble, and they have to keep rescuing me and going, Rick. Yeah. So uh, that that is that is most of it. Though there are going to be uh, th- there'll be a couple of uh, anthology. That's where you'll get to see some other writers come in. So it's it, it's not us hogging. Well, we are hogging everything, but uh, you know, we let a few people do something. And but the thing yeah, is, it's so just it's such a it's a twisting, turning storyline, and it would get harder if you had more people involved in it. So it's better to just keep it down to the minimum number of people that could pull off this number of books uh, to keep everything on course and making sense with the whole super story. So given the, the Hulk stuff. I, I need to ask because maybe you can't tell us uh, based on the, but you know, based on the timing of when this interview will be released, can you tell us what HOH is? No, I cannot. It, it's not House of Hulk, though. It's uh, I see that everybody's calling it that, and really no one will believe me, so I'll just say that it's not, and they'll still call it that. But it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it. Darn, I wish I could tell you, but I can't. I'm sorry. I'd love to give oh. you an exclusive, but uh. Oh. They they promise those things away. They promise all information and reveals away. So I can't do anything about it. No problem. I mean, we'd love to have you on because you know we're not recording this. Um. <laughs> it, it, it's not. It's yeah. It's, we're not. It's not like we're recording this, and That's it's a. Uh, it's not Harry Old Hulk. So I'll tell you that. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> you know, you are more than welcome back whenever to to chat about it. I, I'm excited about it just because it's got some awesome cover art. Oh, it really does. It's uh it's incredible. The uh the Savage She Hulk's uh mini looks really good and has beautiful art. Um uh Salva Espen, who I used to work with on Exiles, is drawing a lot of that, and Zach Howard, who's incredible. Um it's the uh the Red Hulk uh mini series looks really good. It's uh it, it's gonna be a good storyline. But yet it's contained within the Hulkiverse or whatever. You know, it doesn't require you to run out and siege everything in sight. Sounds good. So yeah. what do you, you know, you're, you're heavily involved in the Fall of the Hulk storyline. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, your involvement in it? I know you're running the Red Hulk miniseries, um, and I know it builds up to World War Hulks. Mm-hmm. Which are, are you involved in World War Hulks as well? Uh, let's see. Yeah, pretty much. I'm, well, the the reason that that one month of April it suddenly looks like I write everything that even remotely is Hulk is because the two main Hulk books are essentially uh, drop out for just a month and then they'll they'll resume with that. So, you know, but but at the same time, it's it's like an, if you had a we found out a way to have an intermission that that still has a lot of crucial stuff and fighting happening. So we thought, well, we've got to go with this. And then I kept, for whatever reason, just saying, you want to write that one? Uh, yeah, sure. And I, I wasn't really thinking about the fact that it was all going to be at the same time. 
And then the next thing I knew, I was suddenly having to write all of this stuff that's like dude then. And uh, it's like, oh, my God. It's like I didn't realize I was writing like five things that month. Um, but uh, it, it's going to be really something. There, there, there's The HOH in particular, I think people are going to really like. It's, uh, it's, it's a crazy amount of fun. Uh, you saw Deadpool on the cover. It's Hulk mm-hmm. Pool. And so it's, uh, it, yeah, I, the, the, I'm suddenly hamstrung because I can't remember what I can talk about. Hey, no it's problem. Like, we understand. Yeah, no, so like suddenly I'll let something slip out and then, uh, I'll have, uh, have Logan Pack screaming at me and I don't want that. <laughs> That's But they can good. scream at us. They are more than welcome on the show. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'll just trick them into coming on the show. You'll say you were recording it and then <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so how does World War Hulk's end? I know, I never let go of it. I always hold a grudge. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, I think it'll go over well. And it is fun, of course, to write a character that everybody knows. You know, it's like, hey, I'm doing this thing with Hulk. Hulk. You know, it's like, I've heard of Hulk. Uh, <laughs> I, I paid $10 to get his uh, autograph at this uh, wizard show back in the... Uh, no, I'm sorry, I took us right back to Depression Land. <laughs> <laughs> well, before you go, I do want to ask you because um, I'm pissed off because Steve Lieber sent us four issues of Underground and yeah. said five comes out this week and it didn't. So um, I know. Well, well, he didn't say that. He said uh, I know. he said yeah, that solicit said that. Those solicits lie. Yeah, but <laughs> the reason is, and Steve's actually he's at one room over, furiously working on it right now. Uh, and he's almost done. He's trying to finish the art before he goes to, he's got to go to Angoulême, um, which for some reason I mentioned earlier, but, um, he, uh, it's, it's a longer issue because I, I always, I think I always said, if I ever mentioned it, that the last issue would be a little longer than 22 pages and, uh, to wrap everything up. And, uh, and also, you know, we occasionally have to stop to do paying work because, uh, this image of book about cavers doesn't really pay that much, surprisingly. I know it seems weird. Uh, we should have put a mask and a cape on him. Next time, I'll, I won't make that mistake. <laughs> ne- next time, there will be a monster in that cave, and they will be wearing some kind of gloves and goggles and stuff. But, uh, you know, it's this is one of those books that's always, you know, you ha- it's, it's real life has always been essentially aimed for the trade. There's no getting around that. I could tell a lot of people initially read it, reviewed it really well, and then immediately thought, yep, I'm getting the trade on that, and then never looked at the rest of the ones. So, <laughs> yeah, I, we, we made peace with that ourselves a long time ago. But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure, you know, stuff like that, especially those miniseries from Image Comics, do seem to do better in trade um, significantly. So, Oh, yeah, they there's do. There's a hopeful it? note. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's, it's only going to be a few weeks late. It won't be like, you know, installments of From Hell where you're waiting for years at a time to get the things. Um, it's, no, it's, uh, and hopefully, I, I can't wait to see what everybody thinks of the ending. I hope you, hope you like the way it all turns out. That they die in the cave and never get out. <laughs> and that there's a monster down there in a cave. <laughs> and they just lose their mind, like in the, the descent, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, what a depressing movie that was. <laughs> Yeah, it was a good movie, but uh, so oh, it ends I, on a cliffhanger and sets it up for Underground Two, Electric Boogaloo. No, uh, it's uh, Underground Two, uh, The Legend of Curly's Gold. That's the uh, <laughs> official title of it. <laughs> for some reason, I've chosen. You know, for years everybody would throw the Electric Boogaloo on any sequel, but now I've I've gone to switching it to Legend of Curly's Gold because I just like that title better. But that does work. That that is that is a good one. Boy, did that not need to happen, too. You know, <laughs> of all the of all the sequels that needed to not happen, The Legend of Curly's Gold was probably not what everyone was clamoring for. Well, there was also House 2, uh, the second story. Well, yeah. That was, that was a bad one. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, we're getting right back on the kind of things we've been talking That's about. Right. All that. <clears throat> Good point. We, we, we talked about comics a couple of places, and... Uh, Aaron yeah. will edit all of that out. Oh no! Oh, we all oh, we, yeah, we all agree <laughs> that we like comics, whatever those are. Yeah. So hey, thank you so much for coming back on again. I, we totally appreciate it. Yeah. I yeah. You, uh, yeah. You owe me in case I'm ever in Texas or Virginia. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, 
milkshake or something. Yeah, it's on us. Or yeah. a uh, you know, bottled water, something like that. It'll <laughs> be fine. Hey, you know what? Like I said, you can always swing by with Jason and Aaron. I will buy both of you milkshakes. There's a pizza place there, too, that's really good. I'd love yeah, yeah, Jason's Jason's a good guy. I'd love to hang out with Jason. If it didn't involve me flying all the way across the country every single time. <laughs> He's not but, that uh, great. Wait a second. I can just get convince him to move to Portland. What am I thinking? <laughs> His master uh, plan. Well, it, no, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Excellent. Thanks Thank so much, Jeff. All right. You have a good one. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. And Aaron is on the line as well. Hey, Jeff. Oh, Aaron, too. You got Aaron, who screwed us so badly. (laughs) Hosed it hard last time. But we have have already validated that both of us are recording. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you did a few tests. That's right. That's right. Cool. Are we already recording, just to make sure? We are, actually. We are. Good. Excellent. Because, yeah, you guys totally got off the hook because you know who caught all the hell for, uh, for your losing the audio? Uh, Jeff Suter over at Marvel, because then two days, like three or two or three days later, we had to do the, one of the Marvel podcasts, uh-huh. the, the short thing, and Jeff started recording uh, me and editor Nate Cosby, and at uh, twelve minutes in, he said, "Oh crap, I'm not, I haven't been getting any of this," and I just went into a screaming rant for like ten <laughs> minutes. But I was like, this just happened to me, blah, 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 blah. It's like, and that was all good stuff, because I always think everything I say is gold. And then I was just going on, and, just, and, and, and Nate, of course, as an editor, fully <laughs> groomed to yell at people, was just joining in. We're just stomping all over him and everything. So really, I got it all out on Jeff Suter, poor poor guy at Marvel, or whatever, and you guys are just scot-free, <laughs> causing, your mischief, <laughs> causing your mischief all over the world. Well, I am cool with that. 